Welcome to Guided by Third Wheel, the podcast. My name is Amber Ireland, and I'm here with my co-host, Jill Bucaro. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Guided by Third Wheel. Coming at you for episode four. Amber and I did our little 90-second pre-episode chat and decided today that we wanted to talk about numbing behaviors with you guys. So if you've ever done a self-care training with us, we spend a whole lot of time, at least a decent amount of time, Mm -hmm. talking about numbing behaviors. And we thought it would be good to kind of flesh some of that out here with you guys today. Mm -hmm. So Amber, tell us, this is Amber's slide normally on the training, so we will let her tell you guys about what a numbing behavior is. So a numbing behavior um, is anything that you do kind of on that almost like unconscious level, like the the scrolling of your phone, the binging of the Netflix, the um, eating snacks um, when you're not hungry, the um, sometimes like just going full force into helping other people mm-hmm. and not thinking about yourself. Um sleeping too much, uh, drinking too much, all of those types of things can be considered numbing behavior. But what we like to um, talk about in those numbing behaviors is just the fact that it is your mindset around what you're doing, right? Because, um, you know, if I'm, you know, eating for for one thing, right? Like we need to eat, we need to be nourished, we need to make sure that we we are taking care of our bodies, right? And so, Um, And if I'm doing that consciously and purposefully to take care of my body because I'm hungry, because, you know, I know I need to eat, that is different than me being like, I've had a stressful day, let me plow through this, you know, whole pack of Oreos, right? And not even think about what I'm doing while I do it. That's more of a numbing behavior because we're kind of, you know, we're checking out, from what's going on around us and what our feelings are at that point in time. And <clears throat> but I also want to make sure that as we as we start talking about this, because, you know, I, I, I imagine like Jill and I, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, my God, I've got so many numbing behaviors that I engage in, yes. right, that I haven't thought about up until this point. I just want to make sure that you are not shaming yourself for having the numbing behaviors because we all have numbing behaviors we all engage in them and even after you know that there are numbing behaviors that you engage in you will still engage in those numbing behaviors but the goal is that as you're doing that you're more conscious about what you're doing so that you can limit the amount of time that you're spending in a numbing behavior Um, and also when you know that you've done that you will be like, okay, well, I did that. So now let me do what actually is going to fill me up, right? Right. Because you can see the contrast there opposed to not even realizing what you're doing or calling your numbing behavior self-care, right? Yes, yes. I think that's a lot of things. Like when we do the self-care training, it's interesting because at the beginning, we have people share what is something you did for yourself this week and kind of have people share like, what are some of your quote unquote self-care practices? Mm-hmm. And typically at the beginning of the training, there are always some that are shared that low key, I'm thinking this is really a numbing behavior, mm-hmm. right? People will be like, what I did for myself is I just like 
turned off my phone and binge watched my favorite show, right? Mm-hmm. Or, like, what I did for myself is, I don't know, like, you know, I I help my kid, like, clean their room. You know what I mean? Like, they kind of talk about some of these things that really feel less, like, filling myself up and more just, like, dissociating from my life. Right. And um, then when we move through the numbing behavior portion of the training, you start to see some of those light bulbs go Mm -hmm. off for people. So I think that's why it's important to think critically about it. So what would you say, Amber, are some of your favorite numbing behaviors? Or in your past, what were some of your favorite numbing behaviors? Mm. Uh, Sleeping. Sleeping is a... A big one. It's a favorite pastime for a numbing (laughs) behavior, especially when I'm super stressed. Um... And it, and it was a good, it was, I wouldn't say it was a good numbing behavior, but it was a, an enjoyable numbing behavior when I could do it. Um, I would say binge watching things for sure and scrolling on my phone. Um, those were numbing behaviors. And sometimes I even find myself doing that like in the moment of stress, you know, because mm-hmm. we have that phone like just connected to us. Yes. And in those moments where like you're in a stressful meeting or you are, you know, you're out somewhere and like something stressful is happening and you just pull up that phone and start scrolling and not even thinking about the fact that like I'm just trying to dissociate from what's happening right here yes. right now like no nobody called me nobody texted me there I don't have no, any notifications no, but I'm gonna get on here and look for something because something to distract me right, right I find myself doing that too like on my most on my days where I'm like productive and engaged at work I don't get on social media the whole time but mm-hmm. on the days where I'm feeling overwhelmed when my inbox has like 50 something unread emails and I have you know a million texts I haven't read yeah I'll just be like following influencers on Instagram yeah and I think yeah it's it's an effort to check out yeah from your life I would say too for me um I'm just thinking about times when I'm you know particularly stressed cleaning can be a numbing behavior Mm -hmm. um and I mean like it's, it's a numbing behavior, also kind of productive because, you know, things are getting clean. But um, while I'm doing it, I am really, like, trying to not feel any feelings. It's, you know, because I will do it in a way where it's like, let me play music as loud as I can. Let me do everything to distract myself while I do this task. Um, or even, like... You know, I don't want to feel these feelings, but I'm going to sit here and be pissed because I have to clean up after somebody else. Yes. Like, let me, it's like this, I think sometimes numbing can manifest in a way where you're hyper fixating on something that just like does not matter um, for your life. Like for me, I think one of my most favorite numbing behaviors is helping. Yeah. I just want to always, I'm like, oh my gosh, like my whole life is smoldering over here, but look at my you know, cousin or my friends, like small, minute problem. Let me take all of my energy and all of my focus <laughs> and all of my A game and let me pour it into that. Mm-hmm. So is so I don't have to think about what's going on in my own life. And what a great, you know, or what a actually terribly toxic numbing behavior for somebody who's a social worker, right? right. Because think of all the um, opportunity I have to help all day right. long. So helping was a huge one. For me, and you know, and when you think about things like helping, like cleaning, like those are all things you can justify, mm-hmm. right? Like, well, I'm not distracting, I'm not avoiding. Like, mm-hmm. this house needs to be clean. Like, right. these clients need my assistance. My mom really needs to talk to me today. And right. it's like, no, all you're doing is finding a very convenient excuse 
mm-hmm. to not engage in your life. Right. Because I think that's what we have to think about with numbing is like the big piece, like when you sit down and you evaluate, is this a numbing behavior? Like is the goal or the ultimate outcome to dissociate? Right. And if it is, then you're numbing. Right. Right. And, you know, and you can look at it that way. You can also look at it as like, what is your intention, right? What is, are you conscious about what you're doing? Because, you know, like I said, I, I mean, I still engage in numbing behaviors from time to time, but I'm more conscious about what I'm doing. I put a time limit on it. Yep. Um, and then I know, like, if I engage in a numbing behavior, I need to go back and figure out what's going on. Like, I, I still need to feel those feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I can't do it right now because of, you know, a whole host of things. Maybe they're too big right now. Maybe I'm too close to it right now. Maybe I've got too much going on right now. Maybe I have other responsibilities I have to take care of in this moment, and I can't feel these feelings till later, so I'm going to numb for a second. Um, but... I know now that that's what I'm doing. Yes. And that makes all the difference um, to be able to see like, oh, okay, well, I'm doing this right now. And then I know what I need to do next in order to not stay in this numbing spiral. Right. Because that's where you get sometimes where it's like every single day I'm going to binge watch when I get home. Every single day I'm going to eat all the snacks out of my, you know, cabinet. Um, every single day I'm going to get happy hour with my friends after work and drink until I'm drunk enough that I can go straight to bed. So I never have to think about what happened and then I'll wake up again, you know, and I think we have to think about, I think some numbing behaviors happen almost like in isolation. Like it's, it's an, it's an event. Right. But I also think we can engage in numbing in a way that just like consumes our entire life. Mm-hmm. And I think alcohol is a big way that people yeah. numb that way. Yeah. Um, alcohol is super socially acceptable, especially when you're younger. You know, you go out with coworkers, you go out with yeah. friends, and you do it a couple nights in a row, and then you like drink and you're you're drunk or tipsy enough to go to bed, right? And then you wake up and you're like tired enough and you sleep in too late, right? That you mm-hmm. still you're still not like you're constantly in this like survival mode yeah. of never feeling anything. Um and I think you see that same kind of pattern in like in the helping numbing behavior mm-hmm. or in the workaholism numbing behavior. You know, I think a lot yeah. of kids I don't have kids, so maybe this is, you know, me like like just projecting or not understanding, but I see a lot of people just hyper focusing on their kids in a way that they're numbing from their own life, you know? Like, well, we have this activity and that activity and then we Mm got to get up and this and I got to do this for my kid and that for my kid. And it's like, you can just get stuck in that spiral for years. Mm -hmm. The same way you can get stuck in the alcohol and partying spiral for Mm -hmm. years. The same way you can get stuck in the workaholism spiral for years. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's, those are the more insidious numbing behaviors are the ones that can consume your whole life. Right. You can't watch Netflix 24 hours a day. No, no. But yeah, I think that, yeah. And the workaholism, I mean, I've, I've been in that numbing spiral before mm. where it's like, and you know, when you have a family and you work, you can't, you could kind of like tag team those <laughs> and have some super numbing going down because, you know, it's like, if I'm not at work, then I'm at work at home, right? right? Because I have all these roles and responsibilities. And not to say like, you know, ignore your job and ignore your family. And that's not what I'm saying at all. But when you create schedules for yourself or expectations for yourself that you never get downtime, you never get to like be a human being, that you're numbing. You're numbing at that point. You're trying to keep yourself from having to do what's going on in your your own life. Yeah. Um, and to 
you know, feel your own feelings and be your own human. Absolutely. And we talked, I think, in the first episode about, and I said the words, I said I felt like for so long I was sleeping on my whole life. Like, I think there's this piece of taking good care of yourself, of growing, you know, emotionally that you start to, like, work on being conscious, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You know, and, like, checking in and saying what's really going on here. And numbing behaviors, when you think about it in that context, they're really, like, the avenues to never have to do that. Like, the numbing Mm -hmm. behaviors keep you from checking in. But I think why we like to have this conversation about numbing behaviors is starting to recognize when you're numbing is how you can begin to check in, right? Right. To see what's really going on. Right. Like, you know, when I'm driving home, and I don't do this that much anymore, thank goodness. My favorite numbing behavior after work used to always be I would like work all day and like not eat well, right? Like I like mm-hmm. wouldn't eat healthy food. I probably wouldn't even drink water. And then it would be like 4.30 and I am like, starving and traumatized and angry and all of the things and I would just drive and like think about like what ginormous amount of food I could eat right like would Mm -hmm. it be a large blizzard would it be a chipotle burrito like would it be taco bell like what Mm -hmm. would it be you know and and for me that was like the such an obvious numbing behavior Mm -hmm. right but that was the first one where I started to clue in and say Jill like do you want to go eat this whole burrito because you're hungry or do you want to eat this whole burrito so you can like stuff Mm -hmm. yourself full and not feel a feeling? Mm -hmm. And that was when, and just even that small tiny spark of being like, oh, this is why I'm doing that, Mm -hmm. right? And perhaps if I packed a lunch, perhaps if I ate a snack, or perhaps if I even just said like, clearly I'm feeling some type of way, that mm-hmm. I want to eat this burrito. Maybe I could eat the burrito and think about that afterwards, you right. know. So I think sometimes, like, picking up on those, for people who really are struggling, you know, to check in, to be conscious, to be present in their life, really starting to pick up some of those quick numbing behaviors is a way, to me, kind of like an avenue to sneak in there mm-hmm. to see what's really going on and how you're feeling. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it does. And I was just thinking about it, too. I don't know why I didn't remember this, but. Um, exercise oh, was a yes. behavior for me for a long time. And, you know, it was obsessive. I mean, and that's what it was. And then because it was obsessive, it became numbing because it was like, I'm going, it's that hyper-focus. I'm going to yes. hyper-focus on, I have to work out every single day for this amount of time to this intensity to, you know, and then, And then what does my body look like because I'm working out? And, you know, just kind of like obsessing over that all of the time. Um, And it became very numbing because there was no, it was like there, the focus was only there. And I wasn't going to feel any other feelings around anything else, Mm -hmm. you know. And um, and that, you know, that's still, I mean, that still is a struggle for me on and off, just depending on where I am, you know, stress-wise and things like, because that's a very easy numbing behavior for me to fall into because I am someone who, like, I do make sure that I get physical activity every day, but I have to remind myself why I'm doing it almost daily to be like, okay, are we doing this because, like, we want to honor our body and make sure that we're moving and we're, you know, and we're keeping, you know, this meat suit that we're living in, (laughs) you know, healthy or... Am I doing this because I want to obsess over the way that my body looks today? Right. And I want to check out from something else that's right. bothering me. Right. That there's some other feelings or some other issues that I don't really feel like thinking mm-hmm. about today. Yeah. 
Yep. Because I think, yeah, it's twofold. You have to you have to recognize the numbing behavior and then it becomes twofold. Right. And it's like, what is something else I could do that could Mm -hmm. fill me up and actually like address some of the feelings that I'm feeling? Right. Right. Whether it's burnout, exhaustion, anxiety, um, overwhelm, right? Grief, sadness. I'm thinking mm-hmm. some of the the feelings that we try to avoid with the numbing. Right. So it's like, I am numbing. What is something I could do that would actually help address some of the root issues mm-hmm. of what I'm feeling instead of just checking out? And then secondly, I think you have to think, what are those root issues that I'm feeling, mm-hmm. right? And and what feelings do I need to feel? Is it something I need to talk to a trusted person about? Is it something I need to, you know, go to therapy for? Is it something right. I need to journal about? You know, there's kind of two things, right? You got you to gotta address the root issue, but sometimes you can do that by, like, doing something else that will mm-hmm. maybe help you address the root issue. Right. right. Right? Like, for me, sometimes, like, you know, I come home from work or even, like, sometimes work and sometimes just like a long day of like being out with like people, whether it's my family or friends, just like an activity filled day, Mm -hmm. right? Like as an introvert, a lot of people time can feel like a lot for me. And my, my go-to always is to like sit on my couch, get my barefoot dreams blanket and like watch a murder show. Like that Mm -hmm. is all I want to do. But then it's like, Oh, you know, like that's not, I'm still going to wake up feeling just as tired as I did today. Mm -hmm. So what is something that I could do? Could I go for a walk, which is going to move my body, you know, Mm -hmm. help me feel better and also give my brain the space to process whatever is causing this overwhelm Mm -hmm. and stress, you know? And so I think that's what, what we have to do. So what are some of the things that you do that you feel like actually fill you up and address the underlying issue that's one causing you to want to dissociate yeah I I mean for me like I you know I'm everybody knows I meditate um and that really is kind of the space where it's like if I'm feeling disconnected if I don't um you know I'm like why why am I feeling so anxious why am I feeling so because I I mean I can feel it like bubbling up and I'm like okay well something is awry right Mm -hmm. and sometimes I know what it is right away and other times it's like you know, I don't know, more insidious, like underlying, like, hello, we are a layer that wants to be uncovered now. Mm. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I, when I get down in and can sit in meditation, normally I can see something in those layers that is, you know, I'm like, okay, here it is. What do I need to feel about that? Like, what do I need to like really drop down into and feel and sometimes it's something that I wouldn't even, like, if I just thought about it and, like, tried to lay it out logically, I'd be like, that doesn't make any sense. But, you know, sometimes we find sadness and grief or um, anger out of situations that were like, if logically I was talking to somebody, it would be like, that doesn't make any sense. But the more that I can sit and, like, think about it and be with myself, I can start to untangle that and find out where it came from. Yes. Um, and, you know, this is like, you know, this is a whole lot more than talking about numbing behaviors, but just kind of getting down to the root cause of why do I feel this way? Why do I want to check out from my own life? Right. Right. And why do I, why am I having, why are these feelings so uncomfortable that I can't look at them right now? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. What is the reason that like just sitting and being isn't okay. is impossible right that i need to 
gorge, that I need to exercise, mm-hmm. that I need to call somebody and hyper-focus on their life, that I need to pull up and answer stupid-ass emails that don't need to be answered today. Right. What is it that I just right. can't sit with it? Right. And I find a lot of times, like, it goes back to, you know, we just talked about imposter syndrome. A lot of times it does, it goes back to, like, old stories that um, have been told to me, whether it's, you know, through through growing up and, you know, family or through um, just the world, you know, telling me who I should be showing up as in yeah. the world and, um, you know, and untangling from that and determining is that real? Is that true? Do I have to listen to that? You yeah. know, um, and oftentimes it's no. And and that's that's where I can start to kind of build up again and say like, oh, OK, we don't need to do this numbing behavior because that old story isn't even fucking true. Right. Let me just let go of the old story so I don't have to do whatever mm-hmm. it is I was going to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of an example of that would be like, you know, just with like exercise for me, like when it becomes obsessive and I, you know, and I'm like, I've, you know, I've got to do this every single day because otherwise I'm a piece of shit. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to weigh too much and I'm going to be ugly and, you know, and going down that, that spiral and that rabbit hole. Right. And knowing that, where that comes from is it's several different places. I mean, that, that comes from, you know, growing up and, and having people around me who were hyper-focused on the way that they looked as well. Mm -hmm. So that was just kind of like a guidepost that like women should look this way. Women should be worried about their weight and their size and all things. And then just society at large. Right. And when I can get down to that and I can look at it and I am like, is that even true? Is yes. that even true? Yes. Amber, you have been different sizes your whole life. Has that ever changed, like, your ability to be in relationship with somebody else? Has that ever changed um, how people looked at you in your work, in your, you know, no, that wasn't, that was never the thing. Right. You know, and getting down to the bottom of that helps me kind of change my perspective about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, if I'm doing this because I need to um, somehow make myself more worthy, well, I don't have to make myself more worthy. So do I even need to do this anymore? Right, right. Or do, yes, do I even need to do this? Do I even need to continue to try to do everything in my power to avoid this feeling? Or can right. I just look at it, examine it, and say, and let it go? Right. And say this is bullshit and move on. And say, yeah, yeah. This is um this is some bullshit for sure. And I think the thing too that's important to note is like not every time that you choose to replace a numbing behavior with a healthy behavior are you gonna have these revelations. Right. 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 And I but I think the more that you engage in behaviors and activities and practices that fill you up you are going to start to come to some of these conclusions mm-hmm. over time. What did right. we say in the last episode? Life is a long game, right. Right? right? Some of like this revelation that you're talking about with exercising, like that probably came from, you know, many months and years of saying right. like thinking critically, why am I doing this? Maybe I'm not going to do this today, mm-hmm. right? Maybe instead of like exercising, I'm going to take the time to like take a walk with my daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Or like right. call my best friend on the phone, you mm-hmm. know, while I do the dishes, right? right? Like let me do something that fills me up. And that's what I've learned is like in in the 
day to day and the minute to minute, if I just every once in a while substitute something healthy for something numbing, mm-hmm. I'm going to be more present, more engaged, right. and I'm going to be able to start to kind of unpack some of this shit to let mm-hmm. go of some of the baggage yeah. that I've been carrying. Because even in the example you used with meditating, yeah, sometimes you meditate, like for you, like you yeah. engage in that healthy behavior and you meditate and you come to some revelations. And sometimes you meditate and you just open your eyes feeling more grounded, more centered, more mm-hmm. in your body. Yeah. And you're better suited to, you know, right. get after the day. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for me, like, yeah, sometimes I think like, man, I just want to sit here and binge watch. But I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? Like, let me call my brother. I haven't talked to him in mm-hmm. a while. Right. And maybe we don't come up with anything earth shattering. Maybe I don't feel a thousand times better. But like I engaged in like meaningful conversation. Mm-hmm. I had true, honest engagement, right? right. And I feel I feel filled up in a way mm-hmm. that allows me, you know, over time to begin to kind of work on myself and unpack right. some of this shit. So mm-hmm. I think that's the beauty of of, you know, starting to recognize the numbing behaviors is you don't have to replace every single one every single right. time, which I think we should talk about next mm-hmm. about when we should consciously engage in numbing. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you do it little by little and that life is a long game kind of theme, you're going to start, I think, just to live a healthier and more embodied mm-hmm. and more present and mindful life. Yeah. Yeah. And the bounce back is so much easier. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, because and we've talked about this before, like life's going to come and hit you. Like it, mm. it just is. Like, I mean... You know, if nobody told you that, I'm letting you know today, life is going to hit you. It's coming for you. Um, and it just, you know, and it happens. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we, you know, we have to experience some traumatic things in our lives. Um, and when we are more conscious about our numbing behaviors and we're more conscious about the ways that we can, you know, pivot to fill ourselves up, the bounce back from that is just so much quicker. I mean, you don't sit and and wallow in things like you used to because you have that consciousness to be like, okay, all right, should just hit the fan. What do I need to do for myself right now? Yep. And maybe that's a numbing behavior in the short term, but you, you start to, you've got the tools. Mm-hmm. You've created the tools for yourself. You know what you need in mm-hmm. those moments and you're able to access them more quickly. Right, because you're because you're acknowledging and you're being present. I just had um, my grandma passed away probably about a month ago now, maybe a little less than a month ago. And it was a lot. I mean, it was, number one, it's trauma, right? Mm-hmm. Watching yeah. someone that you love die. And, um, you know, I had to watch someone I love die. I had to watch, you know, my mom and my family members deal with all of that. And then me as an introvert, I had to be around people all the time. Mm-hmm. I had to go to work every day, most days. And then afterwards, I had to, you know, go spend time there. I had people in my house. My entire routine was messed up. All right. of these all of my safeguards that I, you know, that I have in place in my routines that like keep me happy and healthy got compromised mm-hmm. because like you said, life comes at you right. sometimes, you right. know, and there was no way, you know, to, to have that not happen. Right. And I felt like, you know, finally when the dust settled, service is over, family goes home, 
I think I very consciously engaged in numbing for a week or two. Mm -hmm. That first weekend when everybody was gone, I like obsessively cleaned my house, right? To like, you know, try to get back some some semblance of perceived control, right? Mm -hmm. Over my environment. I binge watched a ton of Netflix shows that I've already seen before. That's Mm -hmm. another big thing for me. I know I'm feeling anxious and overwhelmed when I only want to watch stuff I've already seen. Because I don't have the emotional energy for like surprises or the unknown. So I binge watched a hundred shows I'd seen before. Mm -hmm. Um, I like laid in my bed. I like ate a bunch of shitty food. Um, You know, and then it's kind of like in this last week or two, I've been like, all right, Jill. Right. It's time to... Yeah. It's time to do the real work, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think that had I not had the growth that I've had in the last several years, if this whole thing would have happened five or six years ago, I think I would have engaged in that for, you know, eight months, not two weeks. Right. And so I think that's exactly what you're talking about. And and what we have to realize is sometimes we do numb because Mm -hmm. when everybody left and I was so tired and I was like, drowning in just like grief and exhaustion and being out of my routine there will be there was no meditating there was no you know fucking exciting thoughtful exercise or like I didn't have the ability to go to therapy are you kidding me like I had the ability (laughs) to like lay on my couch and like you know try to stay conscious right but like you said the bounce back is quicker Mm -hmm. now it's like all right and I thought about that this morning I'm like I need to have this conversation I need to call my therapist and schedule an appointment. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to go. I did this already. I need to go get, like, some fruits and vegetables and, like, some healthy food to have in my house. Mm-hmm. And I need to, like, re-engage with the living. Like, it is right. time to, you know what I mean, stop fucking around and get back mm-hmm. out there. Right. But I think, you know, having compassion for yourself to say, like, I needed to numb mm-hmm. for a week or two. Yeah. And that's the big thing. Yeah. And I love how you said, like, you came to the realization it was time for you to step back in and what you needed to do and I think about times in my life where someone else had to tell me that somebody Mm. else had to like do like the kick in the ass like okay Amber it's enough's enough yeah or you had the tower moment that said yeah enough's enough yeah you you've done this for too long and now and now things are going to fall apart for you because you've done it for so long you've done it for too long um yeah whereas now I mean not too much has fallen apart for me Mm-hmm. You know, because I think I've stayed engaged. I've stayed conscious. Mm-hmm. And and that's the hard part because, man, sometimes when you're feeling like that, you don't want to stay engaged and no. stay conscious. No. Sometimes when, like, you know, your relationship is falling apart, you don't want to stay engaged no. and stay conscious. No. When work is, like, really flipping hard or you had a mm-hmm. client die or you had a case not go the way that you mm-hmm. wanted, you don't want to stay conscious. Mm-hmm. You want to yeah. eat, you want to sleep, you want to drink, you want to... Yeah. I mean, there. I can think of all those times, like, back at daybreak when I had a horrible client thing, and I would, like, drive straight and, like, eat a ton of food, take a shower, and go to bed at, like, 6 o'clock at night. Because <laughs> I just didn't want to feel a feeling, you right, know? Because right. life is so damn hard. Yeah. Ugh. I think about, too, like, I see a lot of people, I hear a lot of people saying things like, you know, like you, you, a relationship ends, right? And they're like, just get back out there right away. Like, mm. get out there, get your rebound person. Like, come on, you know, just like go back. But I think that that really is like encouraging that numbing behavior because it's like, you know, we're not, we're not trying to have, you know, move from one meaningful relationship to another where it's like, no, I'm just going to fill this hole right now, um, in order yes. to feel better. 
It's a right. hyper focus on something else. Being yeah. the being the breakup queen, as I mentioned in another episode, <laughs> having had a lot of breakups, what I've learned too is like, yeah, like I think you know, when I think about some breakups, I did everything I could to not feel sad. Yeah. I partied. Mm-hmm. I dated other people. Yeah. I gossiped a bunch and talked a bunch of shit about the person. Yeah. You know what I mean? I worked yeah. a ton. I did everything I could to not sit with the grief, mm-hmm. right? Or sit with the discomfort and knowing that I did something, right? That right. ended the relationship or, you know, and I just did everything I could to not feel that. Mm-hmm. And man, did I deal with the sadness and the grief and the transition for God forever, man, yeah. six, eight, 12 months. Yeah. Because I never let myself process it. Yeah. And then I think about the times where I've had a breakup and I just let myself fucking like wallow, mm-hmm. which I also think I can wallow to the point that wallowing becomes numbing, but you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll bring that. But you know, where I really just let myself feel the feeling mm-hmm. and say all the scary things that were in my head and my heart, mm-hmm. you know, out loud, right. right. To a trusted friend, to my therapist, to whoever. And man, was I able to bounce back so yeah. much quicker. Yeah. You know, did I have days where I'm like, I'm going to eat ice cream and scroll on my phone. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I also had days in that time where I'm like, let me really examine. Let me dig right. deep. Let me process through that. But yeah, I think that's like the most perfect example is mm-hmm. we do everything to not feel the bad feeling. Yeah. yeah. And the only way to get through it, I mean, you know, you've got to walk through hell to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go through it. There's no, you know, you could, I mean, there are lots of things you could bypass, you know, using some numbing behaviors and, you know, I'm not looking that way, put up the blinders, but it's going to come back around to you. Well, you're still carrying it. Yeah. You know, you yeah. might pretend like you're not carrying right. it, but it's still there. Yeah. You're and still you think dragging about it, it along. You think about it in, you know, in terms of like relation with other people. It's like, do I want to bring the last six relationships into this one? Mm. Or am I willing to like put that down and come into this fresh? Yes. You know? And the only way to do, yeah, because if you're just numbing and not engaging, yeah, you're dragging that all along with you. Like here I come with with the last six people. Yeah. Like, don't you want to date me? Don't you please? And and all my other weird trauma, right? Like all my weird like friends stuff and family stuff, like, because I'm unwilling to look at it. But I do think we have to recognize that there is a balance. Yeah. Like there is nobody in this world that can get through the rest of their life without with not numbing. There's right. no way. There's no, no way you no. could get through the rest of your life with not numbing. Right. Unless you have some kind of superhuman fucking strength, yeah. emotional fortitude like I cannot or even you imagine. Have, or you're able to like live with like no job and no relationship. Like, <laughs> like if I had all the time in the world, yeah, yeah no, maybe I wouldn't have to numb because I I could spend all of my time just feeling my feelings just and doing working through shit. Maybe if we went to like you know became like monks or something, yeah. like living on a mountain. We could just work through all of maybe. our shit. But yeah, sometimes you gotta get up and you gotta like you know get your kids to school right Mm -hmm. or you gotta like you got work shit you gotta do or Mm -hmm. like people are coming to your house and it needs to not be filthy right Right. like so sometimes yeah you gotta stuff it down so you can go so you can do it but it's all about knowing that you stuffed it down saying oh i stuffed that down so let me like make a little note on the to-do list that i should bring that back up at some point yeah you know because i want to move forward and to your point i don't want to carry that with me. And I think like when I came to this realization, you know, in the last week or two about my grandma, it's like, okay, like 
I'm, I don't want to carry all this. Mm-hmm. I don't want all this. Right. You know, I, um, and I know the only way, now I know the only way to get mm-hmm. rid of it is to work through it. Yeah. And what a beautiful revelation for you to have, like, that I don't want this and also I don't have to carry it. Because I think there are a lot of people that are stuck in a place where their old stories and old programs tell them that they have to carry it. That that is yours to bear. Like, Mm. this is part of being part of this family or being a woman or being whatever to carry this burden with you. And you are, you know, and no, you can't lay it down because if you did, like, you would not be as good of a person as the person that was carrying the burden. Absolutely. And, um, and, And if you are one of those people, let me just tell you right now, that's bullshit. And you're allowed to lay down whatever burden it is that you're carrying. Um, Well, and I think sometimes our burdens can feel like a safety net. Like our mm, burdens mm -hmm. feel safe. And I don't know if that's like a certain personality type, but I know for me, I am always more comfortable Mm -hmm. in like the the sadness, the despair Mm -hmm. that, you know, being a little bit depressed is a much more natural state of being for Mm -hmm. me than being happy. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of people like me yeah. that that sadness, that like, why me? That life is so hard. This feels unfair. Almost that victim kind of mindset mm-hmm. is a very comfortable place yeah. for a lot of us to live. So why would we lay down the baggage? Because then we couldn't be Jill who has to carry all the baggage right. all the time. And right. I don't know how to be Jill who doesn't have to carry all the baggage yeah. all the time. Because you have to show up for your life if you don't have the baggage. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. Yeah, because there are no excuses. Scary is, and I think that's it takes courage to lay down the baggage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if you are just carrying, you know, if you have your luggage cart full of excuses, right? Then you'd be like, oh, you know, I wish I could do that. I wish I could move, you know, to Alaska and do Mm -hmm. this, but I can't because of da 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 da. I wish I could do that, but my kids. I wish I could do that, Mm -hmm. but my mom. I wish I could do that, but but yeah, if you lay it all down, yeah. You have to then show up. You have to be there. You have to show up. Whoo. Yeah. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we engage in numbing behaviors. And that's why sometimes. we engage in numbing behaviors. Yeah. Because because yeah, at the end of the day, the only thing in the way is yourself. Yeah. Whoo. Yeah. Damn it, Amber. I feel like I'm gonna have to think about that now. Yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. So as we've kind of talked here a little bit about, well, a lot about numbing behaviors, honestly. Um, again, if you're listening to this and you're hearing things that are like, oh, that kind of hit. Like, mm-hmm. like now I'm feeling some kind of way. Um, give yourself grace. Because, you know, it took a long time for us to create all of these things to keep ourselves safe. And that's what a numbing behavior is. It's safety. It's, you know, how do I keep myself safe? How do I keep myself from... Um, from feeling out of control, feeling like I'm crumbling. Um, How do I get to places where I can meet my basic needs and the needs Mm -hmm. of those around me? Right, right. And so, you know, honor that and give yourself some grace that like you, you know, you did a lot of things to keep yourself safe. And then start to recognize the fact that like the true safety is when you can live more authentically and you can sit with yourself. That is the true safety. Um, And also that all of those things 
it didn't really keep you safe. Yeah. You know, as much as, yes. as much as we, we act like they are keeping us oh. safe and keep and creating this like bubble of safety around us. A lot of times they're not keeping us safe. They're just keeping us from engaging in our real lives. Yes. It's not safe. Yeah, it's not safety. It's it's dissociation. It's 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 protective, but it's holding you back. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like you said, from from your potential, from engaging, from authentic connection, from all mm-hmm. of those things that you truly want. Right. And it feels safe, but it's mm-hmm. but it's not. It's a hindrance. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, but no, but I think, yeah, you have to give yourself grace mm-hmm. for the numbing and understand yeah. why you do it. Mm-hmm. But again, like, and we've talked, this is such a common theme is just like staying engaged, staying mindful mm-hmm. and being like, when, when do I employ these tactics? Mm-hmm. You know, let me employ this tactic for 20 minutes. Let me watch one show. Right. right. Let me like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and eat the Dairy Queen blizzard. Right. right. But then... What else can I yeah. do? But and what I, am I going to do tomorrow instead of going through that drive-through again? Yes, you know. Yes, and when and the thing about it is, is and we talk about this in our self-care workshop and a lot of other things that we do. Once you know, you know, right? So you know, you listen to this podcast and you're like, you start hearing about numbing behaviors, and then that seed is planted. Yep, you're there, right? And that's the first step. Like, if that's all you can do for the foreseeable future, it's already there. You've already planted the seed because you've heard it and you've internalized it. So now every time that you're having a numbing behavior, doing something that that we've talked about here or that you've thought about in your own life as a numbing behavior, you're gonna be more aware of it. And that mindfulness alone will start to create change because once you see it, you're like, oh, well, what could I do different? Even if you don't do the different thing, you just start, you automatically want to move toward that more peaceful state, that more yes. free state in your life. Um, so if you feel like right now, like, oh my God, like every single numbing behavior you just talked about, I do plus like 30 more. <laughs> um, and, you know, and I, and I see myself doing this. Honor that because today you got to see that that was a numbing behavior. Well, you're on, I mean, you're on the journey. Right. You, you made it. Like, right. you're making moves. Dude, and we're going to do an episode called No One Ever Told Us Life Was Going to Be This Way. Because mm. that's what I say with some of my besties all the time. And, like, why the hell did nobody ever tell us that yeah. we engage in numbing behaviors? No. Like, come on. Why did nobody say, like, hey, Jill, sometimes, like, you know, you are going to do, like, some crazy stuff to not feel a feeling, mm-hmm. and you should be mindful of that. But nobody ever told us that. Nobody told us that, and <laughs> they were like, oh, you're sad? Here, have a donut. Here, have a donut. Yes. They enforced the numbing. Dude. They were like, here is a, here is a applicable numbing behavior <laughs> for that feeling. Please have some snacks. Seriously. Yeah, we do. Oh, my God. Think about when somebody dies, how many sweets they bring you. Oh, yeah. So many. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, nobody, I wish somebody would have told me. I wish somebody would have told, you know. Maybe just like 20, maybe like, you know, when my brain didn't suck so much, when my brain was developed enough to catch it, right? Maybe don't tell me at 13 or 14, right? Because my brain doesn't work so good then. But like, why did nobody tell me at 23 or 24 about numbing behaviors? Mm-hmm. Come Cause, on. Because you would have been like, shut the fuck up. I, I wasn't ready to receive. <laughs> they probably did. Let 
me just say this. Maybe perhaps somebody did, and I'm like, they're an idiot. I'm going to go get drunk with my friends. Goodbye. Yes. But, um, yeah, I think that's, like, so now you know. You can't unhear it. Mm-hmm. Think about your numbing behaviors. Um, I'd be curious to hear which ones that we forgot or, I, you know, people's, like, journeys like this is something I used to do all the time and this is what I do instead Mm -hmm. you know I think that's that to me is always really fascinating to hear about how people have kind of like overcome or modified Mm -hmm. some numbing behaviors into something that is really really healthy right for them but yeah I think like this is the first step yeah is understanding you have them and just thinking about it Mm -hmm. and even if you do nothing about it for two years Mm -hmm. life's a fucking long game yeah so you'll get there for sure yeah Absolutely. For sure, for sure. What yeah. else do we have today? Do you want to pull a card for us Ooh, to get us yeah. through? Did you bring cards? I didn't bring cards. I didn't oh, I haven't pulled my own cards that. today. So I'm kind of saving my cards for me. <laughs> I'm being a little selfish. But I figured you could pull Amber has all the best cards. I thought you could pull a card for everybody pull... to get them through. Mm, all right, Jill. I'm gonna let you choose. All right. So the soul's journey or the angels and ancestors oracles. I think we should do soul's journey. Soul's okay. journey were the first cards I ever used, the first oracle cards. Um, and I think that's just like a nice, simple message mm-hmm. to get us through November. Yeah. We're moving into the holiday season. God help us all. <laughs> Let the numbing begin. <laughs> we are we're going to come through this holiday season with a better understanding of those numbing behaviors. Yes, we at are. At this point, and um, who doesn't need to numb after the holidays? That's true. Just that's kidding. true. But this time we're going to see it, and we're going to do things a little bit differently. We're going to witness each other and be like, "Hey, would you like to come do this more fulfilling thing than yes. happy hour? Than happy hour? Yes, right." Right. Okay, so our these cards are called the Soul's Journey Lesson Cards. Um, and we'll post a picture of them on it. We, we clearly, if you uh, listened to the last episode and we were like, maybe we will put it on Spotify. We did not because I don't know how to put a picture on there except for our, our, regular, um, our regular picture. So that will be on the social media. All right. <clears throat> so... Um, If you're in a space where you can um, sit and get grounded, please do that. If you are driving, do not close your eyes. Um, But let's go ahead and take one deep breath together. And release all those old stories and things that are not true. And let's pull a card. Let's see what you got for us. I do love the Soul's Journey cards. I do sometimes and other times I'm like this. I think it's a really good, people ask me this all the time. Like, I want to start pulling cards. I want to start, like, integrating this into my, you know, morning or weekly practice. Oh, there she is. And I always tell people to start with the soul's journey. Mm -hmm. I just think they're they're straightforward. They're thoughtful. They're applicable. Um, Do you feel like they have, like, some duality? Like, every time you pull one, you're like, oh, I think that I know what that means. And then you read it in the book and you're like, oh, it's like. Kind of the opposite. There is some duality, but I always think they're spot on. Ooh, Ooh. tough. So uh, this this goes a little with the numbing, I guess. Um, (laughs) Denial. Um, I acknowledge my fear, but I replace it with the insight of awareness. So I think that that goes right along with what we were talking about, about numbing, is, you know, acknowledging the fear of feeling the things. Yes. And I replace it. With being aware 
what is numbing but denial? Yeah. Numbing equals denial. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dang. And they're like, you can deny it for a while, yeah. but it's still there. You heard it here first from the universe. <laughs> denial and numbing. There you go. All right. Well, we'll snap a pic. And I wish everybody a super restful couple of weeks mm-hmm. um, without denial. Maybe just a marginal amount of denial. Yeah. And Acknowledge denial. Acknowledge your denial. Yep. And say, like, I'm going to do something about it at some point. Yep. That's all we got to do. Yep. All right, you guys. We'll see ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Guided by Third Wheel, the podcast. We would be honored if you would like, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time, be well.